Essential house in the mix, 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 in the mix. So just rounded off the mix there from myself, taking you through the first part of the show. And we're going to be chatting to South of Roosevelt now. As many of the listeners to the show know, we often feature a lot of their tracks and a lot of their remixes down here. Really like what they're doing at the moment. We think definitely think they're going to be massive over the next couple of years. Anthony Angel. But anyway, we were lucky enough to catch up with them. And we'll ask them what they're up to production-wise at the moment. Well, it's funny you ask because we were just making a list before, uh, before the show. So... We've got, um, you know, we've got a few things out at the moment. Um, the first release uh, is on the label Guest House, and it is um, something that came out. How long ago, Chris? Uh, a couple weeks ago, or actually, yeah, about a month ago. About a month ago, and um, it features four tracks. Two, two have the vocals of Andre Harris on it. The track's called I See You. There's a vocal and a dub mix, a um, little bit deeper of a track. Um, another track on there is called Fly, which uh, we did with our buddy Roshan, who runs Homeschooled Music. Uh, Fly is more of like a um, uh, peak time kind of disco burner sort of track that's been getting some good reviews and good feedback so far. And uh, the last track on there, I think it's called Do It Right. Mm-hmm. And a little bit deeper, a little bit techy, but um, you know, something for maybe later in the set that um, you know still keep people moving, but not necessarily a we peak call, time. We call it deep track, deep jack. So deep jack. So the name of that EP is. <laughs> We're both drawing a blank right now. How funny is that? Um. Oh God, how are we both doing this? Um. I don't. Even, I haven't even got internet access yet. Um, the Sundays EP. I knew it'd come to me. The Sundays EP. So, um, yeah, we always got so much stuff coming out. And stuff that's <laughs> out. It's so many tracks that are out. It's sometimes hard to remember the names of everything. When 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 one EP is coming out, we usually got like two or three EPs we're working on and a slew of other stuff. But. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't help that we uh, we sometimes will name tracks one thing while we're working on them, and then when they come out, they're a different name. So we, we confuse ourselves sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so what else have you got in the pipeline then? What other la- what other tracks have you got? Remixes, etc. Have you got coming up? Uh, well, uh, one thing we got coming out is another new EP coming out on Flatjack. It's called the BG and EP. Uh, it's going to be available. Sometime in the beginning of July, we're just uh, we just got the test pressings back and uh, the artwork back. So right now everything's going to pressing, and then uh, so that's gonna that's gonna show up on vinyl first and then digi. Ah, there's not so, many uh, there's not many there's not many people doing vinyl at the moment, is there? Uh, no, you know it's just I, I feel like it's a, just a couple handful of labels, and uh, you know they don't do vinyl all the time. Right. But, uh, it seems like they just do, you know, they do vinyl on when they find a release that seems like it's worth, right. you know, worth the sales and everything like that. But uh, and then another vinyl release we have coming out is a release on Four Play Records, which is Andrew Emil's record label here in Chicago. Um, it's a remix we did. It's called Connect the Dots. Yeah, a vocal remix will be on the record, and then uh, 
when the release comes out digitally, then both the vocal and the digital, or both the vocal and the dub will be coming out. Right. Um, another remix we did, a uh, remix called Devil, which uh, came out on uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, actually a legendary Chicago house producer too from back in the day. His name is Mark Picciotti. His record label is Blue Plate Records. Yeah. Um, and when that release actually came out, uh, according to him, because he does a lot of stuff through Billboard charts and everything, that actually charted up in the top 25 on the Billboard charts. Right. So, uh, so we're always happy when that happens. <laughs> that's, um, that, that's very impressive getting the top 25. Yeah, is that for Chris? Is that a specific genre, or how does that work? It's it's just the whole release, which uh, I know our, our release is on there. I think uh, another group called the Club Jumpers. Uh, don't hold me to that though. And then of course, Smart Picky. Yeah, it, it was your it was your track that got it at twenty five, of course. Uh, <laughs> we're hoping that we're hoping so, but we're you know we're always glad to see the full package kind of you know do its thing and make its mark because working with mark at blue plate um you know it's a little bit outside of the you know underground little niche that we sometimes find ourselves in the majority of the time so working with mark you know kind of opens up opens us up to you know a different audience and um you know he's got some other channels for promotion and for getting music out and so it's really cool that he lets us, you know, join in on some of these projects and, you know, get to do a remix or, you know, a vocal and a dub mix and, you know, get to, uh, you know, jump on in with some of these people that have been doing it for a really long time. And he's just a good mentor, you know, like sometimes when we do some of these remixes, you know, they, they call for a little bit more of a pop touch to them. And, you know, since we do a lot more of the underground stuff, it's good to like have those people like we could just... We could throw us on to him. We're like, "Hey, man, is this? Do you think this is on par with, uh, you know, that that angle of house music, that angle of dance music?" And you know, like, usually he says, "Yeah, man, it's it's right there on par." Sometimes he gives us some simple recommendations, and you know, we'll fight with him sometimes. And, <laughs> you know, but he always ends up being right at the end of the day. So. <laughs> So is there anybody, you've mentioned you're obviously doing bits and bobs with Mark, is there anybody else, either in your style, your genre of music, or any other styles, would you want to go off on an obscure tangent and get working with different producers, different artists? Is there anybody you can pinpoint who you'd like to work with in the future? Uh, uh, pretty much, you, you name it, we, we'd love to work with them. Primarily a lot of people overseas, you know, uh, just uh, bigger names in general. Here, here in Chicago, we've worked with a number of people. We've worked with people like Ron Carroll, Mark Grant, Andrew Harris, you know, like uh, me and myself, uh, Chris, by the way, but uh, I actually engineer here in the city, so I've engineered for, you know, you name the house producer here in the city, and you know, I've worked with them in some form or way. Currently, I work with a guy by the name of Vince Lawrence, who, you know, back in, and that whole house music history of things, it was him and, and Jesse Saunders that, you know, kind of came together and produced the first house track. And, uh, you know, I work with the guy and once it's just another mentor, another person to wrap stuff on, off on and everything like that. So we'd also, um, you know, we like working. I mean, Chris, Chris definitely, you know, gets to soak in a lot of knowledge and gets a lot of experience working in the studio with a lot of these, um, you know, other producers that bring stuff that need to be, you know, either mixed or mastered, maybe a little bit extra help on the track. 
um, you know, get to, to uh, polish up the sound. But as, as far as our music goes, we'd actually, um, we're looking forward to hopefully working with some vocalists in the future. Um, we've got a couple of people in mind, but without, um, you know, jinxing us, we're not going to bring yeah. up any <laughs> names, but, um, you know, the, um, the majority of our music's been, you know, a little bit more of the dubby, instrumental, you know, funky, jazzy, disco music, and we've had you know, a good good handful or two of tracks that we've been able to work with, you know, either a vocalist or someone's let us use some vocals. But, you know, having access to someone who can sing or being able to work with an established vocalist, you know, not only can you make a track that's going to have a full-on vocal, maybe it's got some, you know, a chorus and some verses, but once you have that full vocal, you can make that main track but then you can take those vocals and you can cut them up and you can make you know a dub version or your own little remix or um you know a instrumental or whatever and you can create this whole package and you know we like to try to do that when we can you know you see a lot of music today um you know some people say the album is dead or the ep is dead it's all about singles and there's a lot of truth in that, but, you know, we still like to, you know, make a full EP when we release music, whether there's a vocal track with remixes on it or not. But, you know, being able to have like a full package to offer to people and say, hey, you know, not only can we do different styles of music, but when you, you know, are presented with something from us now, you can pick from the vocal or the dub or the instrumental or maybe a little weird left field remix or something but um you know yeah. we're and we start when we're, we start want to start bringing back the uh the beat track too you know uh, those were always the fun things back in the day it's little right. dj tools yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't see those things out anymore like especially with digital releases you know people seem like people use that stuff more as like a way to fill up the rest of that little little bit of space left over on on vinyl yeah you know that people aren't doing vinyl anymore you don't see it but I just I just remember going to parties back in the day where like Derek Carter he'd be mixing and I need to find have some B track can you mix this B track in like five or six times during this set and this B track would be like just the theme of this set hmm. you know and it's like wow this that shit it's just just the beat itself is dope you know like yeah and just you know something you know being able to produce that package having that DJ tool in there and then that can you know be used in your live sets and so not only do you have music oh producing and selling but then you have sets and used to kind of remix on the fly and you know make your you know dj sets a little bit more unique yeah so how did you guys meet up how did you guys get together and form south of roosevelt um online dating <laughs> Yeah, just kidding. Um, you, you know, um, South of Roosevelt in its very early stages was actually three people. And um, our third person is kind of the person who kind of introduced Chris and myself. Um, you know, as life goes on, you know, things change. And, you know, so we're kind of brought down to two people uh, as the kind of driving force behind South of Roosevelt, Chris and I now. But 
You know, we met in probably maybe late 2007, 2008. Um, so not not too too long ago, which is kind of surprising considering we grew up, you know, in kind of the same um, you know underground dance scene and listening to you know house music growing up. It's kind of funny that we never going to the same parties, going to the same parties, all that kind of stuff. So. You know, we've met, so it's what, 2012 now, so it's been, you know, probably five, good five years now. Um, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't really start doing music, you know, South of Roosevelt until about four years ago. Right. So where did the name come from then? Um, well, in Chicago, there is a road called Roosevelt Road, or some people call it Roosevelt, um, depending on who you ask, and it's actually one of the longest roads in the Chicagoland area. And it basically, you know, the city of Chicago is located, you know, right next to Lake Michigan here in the United States. So Roosevelt Road pretty much starts or ends, depending on which way you look at it, at the lake. And then it shoots um, west for, I don't know exactly how many miles, but it goes through various counties and towns and it goes out pretty far west so it is a major road that is um almost like a dividing street for the north and the south side kind of in chicago but it's also used as like a a main street um in the suburbs as well so it has a lot of history behind it but as it relates to us we started south of roosevelt our original studio the original magic all happened south of roosevelt road in chicago and we all live south of roosevelt and we all lived south of roosevelt at the time we all grew up south of roosevelt in the beginning so it's something that um you know not only describes kind of the the part of the city where we you know lived and grew up in but it also was kind of a mark for the location of, of the, um, you know, original studio. So um, South of Roosevelt is just kind of a term that, you know, was used by us when people like, oh, well, where do you live? Where do you guys work on music? And we'd say, oh, you know, we live down here. It's south of Roosevelt Road. And then once people hear that, they kind of get an idea of what part of, of the city you're talking about. The name just kind of had a nice little ring to it and you know we thought it was pretty catchy so we ran with it and a lot of people liked it and so it's stuck and I, I think it's been working so far. Yeah, it seems so it is. Um, when you've been in the studio, when you guys are in the studio, do you use a lot of outboard equipment or is it all computer-based equipment? And roughly if you're starting a track from scratch, say your own project, how long does it normally take you to put a track together? Because it seems as though you've got music coming out constantly, um, so you guys, you guys must be constantly busy in the studio. Yeah, we're we're constantly busy. I mean, uh, we're we're working on tunes usually six days a week. Right. You know, for probably about seven eight hours a day. Um, in terms of the gear, uh, we primarily use Pro Tools. Use a little bit of Ableton. Um, I got my start, you know, engineering back in 1999 so I started on the consoles SSLs and, and those kind of things and you know started using tape and using MPCs and all those kind of things that's that's kind of how I learned house music from but uh 
you know, we still we still do tricks, you know, analog little tricks that, you know, just always weird little things, you know. Uh, I, I like to try and keep my secrets a little, or my, my things a secret here with how we do some stuff and how we pull off some effects and things like that. But uh, yeah, it's, we primarily do everything with Pro Tools. Um, in terms of our tracks, it, it depends, you know, sometimes when we're using heavy, a lot of samples from a song or like a specific song or something like that. Sometimes the tracks can take us about six hours to make, and that's arrangements, mix, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it takes a couple days, you know, like usually we find like if a track takes longer than a week, then, you know, it's just, it's time to put that aside because there's so much more music that can be made. It's why waste all that time on one thing when who knows, you might be able to make two things in that same amount of time, so... Six hours doesn't seem a very long time, to be honest. Um, I would have t- I was expecting you to say a lot longer than six hours. Well, I would say it depends on what we're doing with the track. Now, you know, we've we've done everything from you know what people may call a disco edit to a bootleg to an all original tune. We might use. You know, we might sample some keys, but then build around it or sample some horns or we've done just about everything. You know, we've had we've made songs that are completely all original. We've made songs that are completely all sample based. So that always will affect the time when producing or making a track, you know, usually the stuff with samples. It just like uh, one one track, for instance, was uh, the first release that came out on Flapjack Records. Uh, what was that called? La Légende de Chantant de Sex. <laughs> they had a French name that none of us can pronounce. <laughs> pronounce. But, uh, uh, what was that track? Uh, uh, Love My Baby or what was the original call? But yeah. There we go again. It's too many tracks. Too many so tracks. Many, so many names. But the uh, dub version of that track, um, we made that that was made in about five and a half hours, but one reason why that took so little time is because the sounds and the samples sounded so good already right. that once the arrangement was made, you know, you just do a little tweak in here, put a little filter here, filter sweep there, you know, throw on your master chain and boom, it's done, you know, like, you know, what I always tell people when they ask, like, how do you do your drums or what do you, what do you guys use to like get your drums to sound so good? It's nothing. It's just... You know, I've learned through various engineers over the years that, you know, you use good sounds, you're going to get a good result no matter what. And so that's that's always been our thing is to make sure that we always use really, really, really good sounds. You know, whether they come from sample packs or, you know, a lot of times, you know, we'll sample kick drums from records. You know, we don't we never sample like main loops or anything like that from like house records. That's like one thing we're totally against, but like. The kick drum, it's like people have been doing that since the 70s, you know, like in the days of the first samplers. And they did that with tape even too. You know, they run, run, a, run a kick drum on tape, they run it through a tape loop, you know, and then boom, you got your, your, your automatic kick drum that's it's on time, it's not wavering. The only time it wavers is if that tape machine wavers a little bit. So, you know, it's, it's just been how it's been done for a long time. So, so that's wait. what I always do. Use good sounds. So whereabouts do you get all your inspiration from then? Have you guys got a massive record collection that you sit and search through or where do you get the inspiration to use the samples from or where do you pick up the samples from? You know, that again is definitely has a wide 
there's definitely a lot of places I guess we go to or things come up. Um, you know, a lot of people have heard of Pandora Radio, you know, through the internet. Um, you know, I, I listen to Pandora, you know, in my free time or when we're not in the studio and I just have music running. So, you know, songs come up on Pandora, songs come up on the radio. Um, we both We both have a good amount of records, but the majority, I would say, of our record collection are probably more of the tracks that we were DJing with and playing when we were playing more vinyl. Um, you know, we were both uh, 80s babies, so, you know, we we caught the tail end, you know, when we were really little, you know, our parents and stuff may still have had some music from the, the 60s, 70s, 80s playing while we were growing up. Well, actually, Chris is a 70s baby, I lie. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, like some of these other guys, huh? There's nothing wrong with a 70s baby. <laughs> oh, no, 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 definitely not. But, you know, if both of us were born, like, maybe a decade earlier, we probably would have an even better record collection. But, um, you know, being, being in the world of the internet, you know, you can search for so much music online and, you know... Yeah, one term we call it is fishing. You know? Fishing, going <laughs> fishing. We'll, we'll sit there at the studio and, like, sometimes we don't have an idea of something we want to sample. We're like, oh, well, let's just listen to stuff. So, like, hey, we're going to go fishing for a couple hours. And, right. You know, you might catch a couple tunes that, oh, that sounds cool or, you know, this, this sounds like this might work or... You know, other times it's just, you know, wherever we go, it's like you just always have to be ready to listen, you know, like if you're not listening, then you never know when you're going to hear something that could be worthwhile to, to use or to emulate or oh, that sound and that song sounds really cool. We should take it and do something with it, twist it around, make a track out of it. So it's just always got to be, you always got to have your ear to the ground and in the air. So, uh, do you guys go out when you're out DJing? Do you DJ alongside each other, or do you both do separate gigs, or do you DJ under the same umbrella, the same name? Um, most of the time, we we play together. Um, we usually we you know we say we go one, so we usually just um, kind of do a tag team set where you know Chris will play one, then I'll play one. Um, if one of us has to run to the bathroom or something, <laughs> maybe someone will play a couple, but. For the most part, we like to play all of our gigs together. Um, there are times when we'll, we'll go a, um, you know, individual gigs, like, uh, you know, if one person can't make it or if somebody's, um, you know, if an opportunity comes up when somebody's out of town, you know, like things like that happen. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool having two people because, you know, it does open up some more possibilities, but at the same time, you know, when we're trying to travel and get gigs, you know, you've got two people to accommodate for versus one. So sometimes I think that might be a little bit tricky. Um, yeah, since especially with trying to play overseas. You know, yeah. We've been trying to get over there for, for the past like two years now. Um, you know, it seems like something that, that keeps coming back to us. He's like, you know, oh, because you guys are two people, we don't know if we can, we can cover that flight money. So. But we're, we're trying right now, actually. We, um, you know, through the Winter Music Conference in Miami every year, we've been meeting more people from, you know, the UK and Europe in general. And um, so whereabouts can people find out more information on yourselves? Are you on Facebook, Twitter? You mentioned SoundCloud earlier. 
Um, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a few online sites that you can definitely check up on us at. Um, the one that we probably use the most for interacting and posting about gigs and releases is our Facebook page. So if anybody has a Facebook, you can check us out at facebook.com slash south of Roosevelt. That's all one word. Um, for anybody that may need a spelling, that's S-O-U-T-H-O-F-R-O-O-S-E. V-E-L-T. So it's kind of long, but facebook.com slash South of Roosevelt. And then um, SoundCloud is definitely a site that um, is best if you want to go and listen to um, our music, whether it be um, releases, remixes, DJ mixes. We even have a few tracks up there for free download, which is um, something we try to do when we can kind of you know, give back to the supporters and the fans and friends and everybody like that. So Facebook, um, for SoundCloud, it is soundcloud.com slash south dash of dash Roosevelt. So that one's a little bit different than the Facebook. Um, we also have our own website, which is just simply www.southofroosevelt.com. Um, we have some plan, some plans to kind of improve the site, make it a little bit more interactive and do some things. But right now, um, you know, we have our discography up there with links, um, to all the uh, major sites. If, um, you know, people want to download the music, um, you know, we post up the flyers for our parties. We have our most recent charts up there. So we have the very basic information up there right now we have plans here to you know add more content add more content make the um the website a little bit more interactive and just you know hopefully beef it up a little bit so that you know more people will want to use it and hang out there and you know they'll leave us comments that kind of stuff so um that's that's our own website and then we both have our own individual Twitter accounts, but <laughs> Chris doesn't use his too much. Um, I use mine um, here and there. Um, it's a little bit more for personal. I do promote some of the music and stuff there, but if anybody wanted to follow Chris Sarai, you can find us. Um, JP is J-P-S-O-R-O, J-P Soro. Um, that's mine. And then Chris's is, is almost the same. It is Chris K R I S and then Soro S O R O. So those are both of our screen names. Um, you know, you can follow us on there and you know, if people are interested in my Instagram photos or my, uh, Foursquare check-ins, they're more than welcome to follow up. The Essential House. Absolutely brilliant interview. They really enjoyed that. We'll say a big thanks to JP and Chris from South of Roosevelt. And we're going to be going in the mix with them right now. The Essential House Guest Mix. Guest Mix.